For another great episode of Black Equity. I'm definitely excited about this conversation. I've been following this account for quite some time, uh, all about black wealth. I'm really definitely excited about this conversation because I want to see where we go with this. I want to I have a, a big conversation on the current state of black wealth and maybe the future state of black wealth. And so on the line, we have uh, Jamila. Jamila, are you there? I'm here. Welcome to Black Equity. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, For those who do not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company or organization. All right. My name is Jamila McClooney. I'm from San Diego, originally living in LA now. I went to Howard University, um, studying pre-med. I wanted to be a doctor from a little kid. always wanted to help people. That's my thing. Um, realized I didn't want to be in school that long. I figured it would take me till about 35 before I actually was finished <laughs> with what I wanted to do. And that seemed Sounds like ages right. away. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, um, ironically enough, I started making a lot of horrible money decisions, you know, getting credit cards without having a job to pay for it in college. Like they give you buying a mortgage, getting a mortgage for a home uh, fresh out of college and not really understanding the terms. And so through my own personal journey of money and not really understanding and having anybody explain it to me, I started my company. I actually started out as a money MD and I was tailored specifically to healthcare professionals. So I went after doctors and dentists and um, then I realized like, wait, there's so many more people who need this information, Uh, rebranded, changed everything to Black Wealth Financial. And that is where we are today. Okay, so Black Wealth Financial, what is the overall vision for Black Wealth Financial? Oh, man, I I really want to create, you know, my slogan is join the movement, because I want it to be a movement, a movement where um, our culture can learn about money, the ins and outs of how it works, how we can make it work for us, how we can leverage money. Uh, leverage credit and really grow and start to build the wealth that some of the other cultures have just been privy to for generations and generations before us. So where does this, where does this root from? Where did you get the information in order to share it? Or how, how were you blessed with receiving the information about wealth? Um, ironically enough, you know, my, my grandparents, my grandfather and my parents were actually entrepreneurs. 
And so they had their own businesses. So I grew up seeing that, really inspired by that. But nobody really instilled in me how important that was. You know, um, they followed the American dream, get married, buy a house. That's what you do, pay the house off as quickly as possible. Um, my grandparents owned land um, and, you know, acres and acres of land. And that was the thing that they did. But nobody actually really explained the game really, you know, like in the, the way I learned was making the mistake, made the mistake, trying to figure out myself, like, what is this that I don't know? Um, and I, I got a mentor who explained so much to me, multimillionaire guy, who if you saw him, you know, he looks like he shops at Walmart for his clothes, like not flashy at all, right. but millions and millions. And he really just started explaining and showing me a lot of stuff that I had no idea about money that changed my perspective and made me realize like, I gotta get this out and help as many people as I can. So for those listening, what's the difference between, in your opinion, uh, being wealthy and being rich? <sighs> being wealthy, you have time. You know what I'm saying? You do what you wanna do because you want to, not because you have to. You, you're just, your world of options are open. Um, and your money is making money. You know, you don't have to worry about necessarily working for an income or having a job and, and seeing that money come in with your own effort. Being rich, you're good. You know, you pay your bills, you, you're, you're comfortable. But wealth is a whole, it's a whole different mindset, a whole, whole another level. Okay. So let's get into that level. Uh, you were talking about you know, kind of learning the game, you, you were introduced to someone who could put you on the game. Uh, what are some of those pieces of information? I know we can't give it all away today, but what are some <laughs> of the things that people should know uh, about leveling up to the wealth game rather than the, the fast money game? I, one of the things that I learned that was, I had no idea. And looking back now, I looked at all of the mistakes I made with it and I see other people make the same mistakes. We kind of brag, you know, if we cash something out, buy a car, we pay cash. If we buy a house, we want to pay cash, you know, save up to buy these big things. And what the wealthy really understand is they use their money and they use credit as leverage. They don't pay cash. They would rather keep their cash and have that cash growing. One of the things that I share with my clients a lot, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, which everybody knows, you know, from Facebook, creating that, he's worth, God, I forget, like, the, I, I Checked often. The last time I checked, I think it was worth like twenty billion, and he has a mortgage. And when you think about it, you know he has enough money that he could write the check for that mortgage and never fill it. You know, his, his children or his grandchildren wouldn't feel the effect of him paying off his house. But he pays a mortgage, and the money that he would pay cash for the house, he takes and can build and invest and grow somewhere else. So that was one of the biggest things that I learned about wealth and how money actually works is that. You want to cash is king. You want to keep your cash working for you versus cashing stuff out and paying, paying off stuff. Why do you think people want to, you know, pay it all in cash and get it, get it all over with right away? Where do you think that mindset comes from? I think it's a comfort thing. You know, you sometimes look at the interest that you might have to pay. and People don't like that. They, they, they get stressed out about the payment. Um, and sometimes it's a status thing. Like if, you know, we can kind of brag a little bit to say, oh yeah, I cashed that. I don't pay cash for that. Like, you know, now we know exactly how much you spent for something. So it feels good sometimes as far as like status. So I think it's, it's a comfort thing and, and it can be like a status ego thing. 
for some people. Well, let's kind of dive into that psyche. Who are we? And I know when I say we, I don't mean you and I, but just people. Who are we showing that off to? Who is it we're trying to impress? And who who are we trying to get that status and approval from? Each other. Mm. <laughs> uh, the validation, I think, um, you know, there's there's a difference between which I learned. Yeah, I used to be that, you know, early on, I, I needed to have, you know, when Tommy Hilfiger was big, I needed mm-hmm. you to see it and know that it was Tommy. I needed you to know, you know, that, that my shoes were this and my jeans were that. Um, and I think it comes from, I think it's the flip side of a poverty mentality, you know, because people who really have it, you ne- might not necessarily be able to look at them and tell that they have, it. you know, like my right. mentor, for example, that I'm saying. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a validation sometimes that we're looking for, maybe even self-validation that we're looking for other people to give us or, or make us feel good about what we have or what to, it looks like that we have. To feel, to feel valuable in society, feel yeah. like we matter, feel like we're making some yeah. type of a difference and mm-hmm. that our, our life isn't all for nothing. Yeah. Or that we might even be better than you. You know, you might envy us because I got this, you know what I'm saying? So. I think it comes from those stems from those places. So you bump into this mentor. What did this mentor? Well, I guess the first thing I would want to know is, is, is a mentor still necessary in today's world? In your opinion? Uh, I think it can always help. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody who, especially if they are where you want to be, you know, financially or they don't mind sharing or helping you there's very few people who have really done it on their own and so if you have somebody that can take you in and just help you and explain things that maybe you might not be privy to or cut your learning curve in half because they've been there then I'm I think you should take advantage of all the mentors that you can so you you have this mentor they give you game uh, obviously, we talked about leverage. We talked about the, the psyche. What has been uh, one of the other most important parts of having a mentor that can that can show you uh, what this game is all about? Um, really helping me understand and know what to do when you get the money, how to mm-hmm. build and grow the money and keep the money, um, and just changing my perception on how to pay for things, you know, how to pay for college if, if you have children, how my clients, that you know, things that I can, I've been able to grasp along the years to teach my clients on how to, because money is a mindset, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's very little to do. I say it all the time. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it matters how much money you keep. So it doesn't really matter how much you make. So being able to keep that and grow that, is something that he showed me and I really realized how important it was because coming from my entrepreneurial parents, they had it, you know, three, four businesses, uh, really well established in the early eighties, but it didn't last. So, you know, that's like, we see the athletes who make millions and millions of dollars and then they're broke because it doesn't matter what you do with it. You gotta, I mean, it doesn't matter you know how much you make, it matters how much you keep and, and what that grows to and what you do with it. So who is the ideal client for you? How have you, uh, I guess, structured your services um, uh, for the people out there? Who are you looking to work with? I'm looking to work with people who first realize that they may have a problem. 
you know, um, they may not be saving as much as they know that they should. Their income may be increasing, but it doesn't look like it. They have no idea where their money goes. So most of my, 99% of my clients are women. Uh, I have a couple men who are in there. Uh, sometimes I have the wife, but not the husband. Right, know, right. And then later, later he gets on board. But I, before, you know, COVID-19, I've pretty much established a completely digital business. So my clients are all over the place. And we connect online. They find me on social media. And um, they really, they're kind of tired of where they are and how they've been living. At first, I thought, you know, if I get clients who make a lot of money, then I won't have to deal with certain problems or certain financial issues. But again, it doesn't really matter. You know, you make more money, you might have the same issues until you actually learn how money works. So um, that's where my clients have been coming from. So what, what uh, services do you provide for them? One of the things, you know, it's interesting because I have a lot of clients, they'll come in and I'll say, I need, you know, I need my credit worked on or I need, I need to invest. I need to learn how to invest. I want to put some money away. And as we start to dig and I get into what the real problem is, it's a money management problem. So I break my, my services up into two main categories. I have a money management and then I have a debt management because we can fix your credit all day. But if you don't know how to manage your money, your credit's going to end up in the same situation. You know, if you, uh, how much money you have to invest depends on how well you manage your money. So in the money management part of the program, I'm kind of like a financial coach or a personal trainer. I get in and see how you've been spending, where your money goes, where it flows, where it's leaking out unknowingly, unnecessarily. And I recoup and bring all that in, put you on a personal budget. That's fun. You know, if you like to go out to eat, if you like to go to the movies, you're still able to do that. I don't want to take all the fun away. But there's a plan for every dollar and a dollar for every plan so that then once we find the money in the next phase, we can grow the money. And then for the people who have a debt management, the debt management service are for people who have outstanding debt, like credit card debt. I call that dangerous debt or cancerous debt because debt, depending on how it's used, eats away at your ability to gain wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that we pay that off as quickly and as efficiently as possible so you pay as little interest as possible. Um, so I get in and manage the debt that way. So those are the two main things that I see that people need. So through the clients that you've worked with, I know uh, your focus is on black wealth. Uh, what have you noticed to be a trend uh, within our community as, as far as uh, what is a blockage towards wealth? Um, one of the main things that I see, uh, especially if, the person is like kind of first generation money. If we're the first person to graduate college and we got the six figure income, then we're the money bank for the family. You know, we got to help mama with her bills. We got to help our sister and our niece and we got to help, we got to help people. And so that's one of the things I remember when I first got into the industry over 11 years ago, I met this white guy, doctor. He was like, I don't help anybody. Like if my mom called me for money, I'm not, I wouldn't give her any money. And I was like, you, you wouldn't help your mom? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. But he's like, you know, I have to be able to help myself and help my family and build myself. To, and how can I do that if I'm helping other people? So one of the big things that I see in our community is that we're kind of stretched thin, trying to build our, ourselves and grow, but trying to help our family and help other people. Um, and then another thing is 
uh, we're, we're kind of all starting out where we learn from our parents, right? And uh, very rare that even like I'm saying in my family, having my grandparents and my parents who were business owners, they didn't sit me down and explain and say, you know, this is how a credit card works. This is how a bank account works. Uh, you know, don't save this much of your money and make sure this goes here. Nobody did that. So that's one of the things that's, that's really common that I see in the community. So there's no education or we're kind of just, you know, learning and doing what our parents did, whether that's efficient or not. Now, I think we might have stumbled on something. You you mentioned about, you know, us feeling some type of obligation to our family, our friends, and the people around us. Um, I, I feel like there's a root issue there. Should we feel some type of obligation to those people? Is it wrong to feel the obligation? What are your thoughts uh, on that particular topic? Look, you know what? we're human, right? So it's easy to pull on, pull on our heartstrings or, you know, that's the compassionate part of us. So we should have that part, but we should also know when it becomes detrimental and be okay with not being able to help. And that was personally one of the hardest lessons I had to figure out myself. You know, I was the go-to for the family member who needed their mortgage paid or who needed daycare. Somebody needs groceries and rent. And I just gave and gave and gave and gave because I felt like I'm in a position to help. I should help. You know, what type of selfish person would I be if I don't help? Well, what I realized, I got in a position where I could no longer help financially. I just couldn't if I wanted to. And these people still ate. Their mortgage was still paid. You know, rent was still taken care of. So knowing that these things, these people are going to be okay. And if you put yourself in a better position and situation financially, then later on, you may be in an even greater place to be able to help the way you want to. So once you've uh, put yourself in that position to be better financially, you've taken care of the economics, you talked about keeping the money. Um, What are some of the best practices uh, to be able to keep the money? What are some of the the strategies that people can uh, implement? I think, you know, I've been an entrepreneur forever. So I think, you know, business, owning a business. I've I've read a story recently, little baby, he bought his dad businesses, you know, instead of giving his dad money every month or giving his daddy a lump sum, he gave, he bought him businesses so that the revenue can come in and take care of the things that you want. So being able to do something, you know, that residual type of passive income that comes in and makes money while you sleep, I think that's a, a good position to, to put yourself in. Hold on now. We didn't stumble across something else. You said <laughs> money while you sleep. Money while you sleep. Ex- explain that concept. I know you and I get it, but some people <laughs> may not know about that. Money while you sleep. What does that mean? Well, most people are trading hours for dollars, right? If, like right now, a lot of people, if they can't go in and clock in nine to five, they can't get a check. Money while you sleep means you have some type of income, whether it's, you know, you bought a house that you Airbnb or you got a digital book that people can download or something that continues to make you money, whether you're actually physically putting effort in or not. You've done the work one time and it just continues to come in. I think that's an important concept because a lot of, like you said, chain, uh, exchanging that time for money, we're, we're finding ourselves in this space as we're recording this, we're in the right in the midst of this COVID-19 and 
uh, viruses and epidemics and the, the news is going crazy. The stock market is uh, falling. You know, Rome, Rome is, is, is in trouble. Um, and people aren't able to go to work or be able to, to do that nine to five. And so supposedly stimulus checks are coming, but some people are saying, well, that's not enough. Do you think if people had positioned themselves differently where they had their own businesses, if they had their own digital products, if they had their own things in place, that there would be less of this outcry of, you know, what do we do now? Absolutely. Completely. Because I think sometimes, look, and give, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong. Everybody's not an entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can't work for themselves. Everybody, we need employees, you know? Right. Um, but I think sometimes that makes you too dependent, which is what we see right now, where you're dependent on somebody else for your income. But I think there's, there's still, people still have money. People still want to spend money right now in a time where it seems uncertain around the world. Mm-hmm. People with online businesses, Instagram, they're, they're making money. So there's still opportunity. Um, certain industries may feel it a little harder than others, but there's money to be made right now. Okay. Uh, so what would you say to someone? You said there's money to be made. Mm-hmm. So someone is listening to this and they're like, well, where, where do I make the money? Where, what do I do first? What would you say to them? I think it's important to figure out what, what, and I know it sounds so cliche and corny to say, but what you're passionate about, no, you know what I'm right. saying? Because you're going to work in that, whether you make a dollar or not, you know? So something that, and I used to hear that a lot, you know, you hear people, what would you do? What would you work and do if you didn't make any, if you never got paid, like, what would you do? What do you really enjoy to do? And once you do that, you know, you're going to have that innate fulfillment. So you don't necessarily need the money. But once you find out what you're good at, then finding a way to monetize that. So for those in in an opportunity right now who may have lost their jobs or been furloughed or not know, you know, what's going to go on. But what is that thing that you always wish that you could do? There's a way to monetize just about anything. So figure out what that is. And as long as you have a phone, you have a you have a way to access some people who can give you some money. So right. it's all about capitalizing on the opportunity because that's what I see right now. And it's an opportunity. You know, it's uncertain in certain areas, but it's an opportunity to really you have any, you don't have any excuse. Before it was oh I will start this business, but I don't have time. I got to go to work, and I, now you have time. So no excuse. Now I, I want to dive into your your IG. One of my favorite IG. Uh, out there, Blackwell Financial, uh, some of the dopest pictures. Uh, well, t- tell <laughs> me about the, the 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 decision to do your your IG the way that you do it. I don't want to spoil it, but you, you do it a certain type of way. I, I want it to be a luxury brand, you know, a luxury lifestyle. Like I want it to be something that either you have now or something that you can aspire to have, something that's inspirational and motivational when you see that you know if you get your money in order to get your money in place, that this is where it can lead you to. So that was the idea behind kind of building the lifestyle page. I want to talk about some of the quotes that are on your IG page and if you can just give me some of your feedback from them. Um, You said here, you must make a choice to take a chance or or your financial situation will never change. What are your thoughts on that? where, Where does that come from? 
Well, you know, a lot of times we know that we need to do something, right? We might not know what that is, but what, whatever it is, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're, it's, it's all the same psyche, right? Like you have to be able to know that you want something different, that where you are, you're tired of being there and you need to make a change in order to get you where you want to go. And if you don't make that change, nothing changes. You know what I'm saying? So you'll be in the exact same situation. So you really have to make a decision to, to make that change is the proper mindset someone should have when it comes to wealth in your opinion oh that's a good question i think overall just kind of piggybacking on what i just shared is just being open Mm -hmm. being open to new avenues or new mindsets new perspectives uh different ways that you may not know or that your mama may not know or you know nobody that you know may know being open and considering what that looks like for you. Yeah. I, I think all the examples that we had, uh, whether it be soldier boy breakfast club or wherever, it all came from one person having an open mind and another group having a closed mind. Yeah. And yeah. It, I, I feel like in this game of, of wealth, you have to be kind of open to at least observing everything as a possibility and then deciding what's right for your portfolio, what's right for the moves you want to make. But if you just shut off everything and just say, well, I'm only doing this, then you could be, if, if the game is to be in six or seven different streams and you right. only staying in one stream that ain't moving, it's a pond, then you're not necessarily bringing in the necessary resources to play at your highest and, and, and best potential. Exactly, exactly. Very well said. I mean, even back to Soldier Boy as an example, think about it. You know, most people consider him a clown, don't really take him seriously. But recently we saw that he started a soap, he invested in a soap company. That now that. that COVID, yes, now that this whole COVID 19 is going on, the value of his company has increased by so much because Beautiful. people are looking for, I mean, and think about that. They're bringing soap. Like, <laughs> this is, you know, a rapper investing in soap it doesn't even go together if you think about it but he had to have an open mind to even put his money into soap and now look at it you know so it's just you just never know and so i don't think we know enough to just discount anything so let's stay open see what well, it takes there's two things you said there before we were talking about soldier boy and his entrepreneurial side where, you know, I've launched this, I have this, this is my product, here are the things that I can offer. But then he's taking that money and then he's also investing in things that that he may not necessarily know how to do, but somebody else has already got that moving. Somebody else already mm-hmm. has that product, already has that service, you know, going yeah. out into the marketplace. And you mentioned earlier, not everybody is probably going to be an entrepreneur, but everybody right. could be an investor. Everybody. And to your point, his face isn't on the soap pack. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, we don't even know <laughs> that he had the soap had they not told us. But everybody can invest. Um, it just, and it doesn't take a lot of money, but it take, you just have to be open enough to start somewhere. So with Blackwell Financial, how can people work with you? How can they partner with you? How can they get in contact with you? You can find me... Um, at my website is getblackwealth.com. Uh, uh, 
shoot an email there, schedule a consultation there, free consultation. Uh, my website, that's the website, uh, Blackwell Financial on IG. Message me, DM me there. Um, yeah. And what are your final thoughts for those who are trying to get Blackwell? Uh, just be encouraged. Know that it's possible. Know that just the, the fact that you have the desire, know that you can bring it to fruition and you can have it and you're worthy enough to have it. You deserve to have it and you can have it. So you just have to put yourself in a position with the right people and team up with somebody who can help you get there. I'm glad we had this conversation today. You know, the doors are open for us to continue these conversations because I feel like the more people hear us uh, reconfirming, hey, these instances are happening in the culture. You need to be a part of it. I feel like more people will jump in. Uh, so you are welcome to come back anytime for us to continue Thank the you. conversation, Thank especially you. if something big happens in the culture where we got to sit down and analyze it. I would love to have you back on and talk about it. Let's do it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I would love to do that. You're very welcome. We are truly grateful for today's guest. If you are interested in becoming an approved Black Equity Strategic Partner with this company or one in the past, simply send us an interest inquiry to the following email djm at djmotri.com. Once again, djm at djmotri.com. Let us know your name, your company, your services, and which guests you are interested in partnering with. As an approved partner, you will have exclusive access to our network and have first opportunity at future partnerships as well. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to join us on the next episode of the Black Equity Podcast.